0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Lost Generation, outside of the mainstream. My name is William Hooker. I am a musician, poet, and part of this generation of artists. My goal with this podcast, which is being broadcast on its own YouTube channel and my website, WilliamHooker.com, is to introduce you to many of the musical artists that are outside of the mainstream and have made important artistic contributions to our culture. I have also interviewed producers of the music and many fans and supporters of this work. My guests are sharing what makes this art form unique and significant. I hope these conversations will inspire you to listen to the music, which may change you, and the way you view music, which again is outside of the mainstream. Today I'll be interviewing two fellow musicians. First, Jackson Kraw, drummer and band leader, and immediately following will be Mark Hennan, pianist, composer, And band leader as well. I hope to be airing new interviews on the first of each month. We are presenting these interviews, and we have so many amazing interviews coming up that you will be hearing in the future. This is the lost generation outside of the mainstream. This is a story that needs to be told. William, thank well, you, Jackson. Obviously, this is a pleasure for me. Uh, fellow drummer, um, this is Jackson Crow. Jackson, will you tell us in three or four sentences uh, about
1: yourself, who you are, anything you want to say? Well, I think my main identity in life is being a drummer, like you. And um, so I do that, and I've kind of organized my life from uh, very early on around that uh, endeavor. And uh, here I am, uh, a young senior, and uh, I'm still doing it, and it's still... uh, You know, it's a pleasure to be a survivor, don't you think, also, you know, after all the... The, the time and effort and years of uh, applying uh, uh, a lot of energy to one's art that that one can you know still be enjoying it and, and Elaborate on that. Well, the survival aspect elaborate We've
0: I think in terms of us as a generation.
1: Well, uh, we've seen a lot of people come and go. Thank you. Yeah, you know, and uh, a lot of great people come and go and. Um, we're still here. We, you know, we uh, understand the importance of trying to uh, further the art, the art of music, the art of drumming, the art of everything, yeah, yeah, everything that we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. So um, yeah, you know, so it's it's uh, I get a lot of pleasure out of out of that. Just uh, you know, out of being here.
0: Basically. What have you had to do? Just Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in, in a um, nutshell, in terms yeah. of the last forty years of
1: your life, mm. to, to be able to to be able to play this music, what did you right. what did you have right. to do? Right. right. Well, uh, I've never made a living playing the music, uh, like most actually. Although there's a few of our cohorts that that are uh, able to, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, but I've done, you know, all, all the grunt work that people do, you know, to survive. Uh, uh, I drove a taxi cab for a number of years. I, uh, uh you know, I've been a painter, done painting, you know, house painting yeah. and uh, apartment painting. Uh, I did yeah. moving work for 20 oh. years, probably. Uh, okay. My own truck and a crew of, of uh, guys, and we, you know, moved anything. Uh huh. Uh, all around the city and beyond, uh, and I have made instruments. Wow! You know, all of these other things were were to support my uh, uh, wanting to to try to make a living as a musician, as an and as an instrument maker. Uh, uh, primarily, I wanted to be a drummer. I came to New York to be a drummer, and uh, but that's part of being a musician. And uh, and music and drumming are arts, um, but I also wanted to involve myself in the craft aspect of making instruments. Wow, where did you come from? You I said mean, you came to New York. Oh, oh. Uh, well, uh, I started in Detroit. I was born in in Detroit. Okay. Uh, and uh, at the age of seven, my family uh, moved to Wisconsin. Uh, suburban Milwaukee uh, and I lived in Wisconsin and uh, moving from Milwaukee to Madison by the time I was in high school uh, and then I left Madison for the East Coast uh, in 1971 when I was 21 years old. Did you know Mark then? I knew Mark Hennon, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, Out there. Out there, yeah. We went to different high schools and I'm a year older than Mark uh, but I, I remember, it. I used to see him around. at. at Were the, you the oddballs in the high school? Well, I, I know I was. I don't know. No, I, mean, I, <laughs> I can't I you Mark. You, 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 <laughs> you both eventually wind <laughs> up playing this music. Yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, uh, in a way, I always kind of felt like the oddball in, in, because of the music. Because I was the only one wow. that, that liked... Jazz, or it was into it with any depth. I hear, you, I hear you. I hear you. You know, I was the only one. I had a few friends uh, that understood my affliction, you know, but but they didn't participate like I did, kind I of, hear you. you know. Yes. And, and uh, uh, so, um, but Mark worked at a music store uh-huh. in in Madison, and my mother worked there also. She did like bookkeeping and uh, office work at this. Ward Brutz music okay. from Madison though. Where did you go you uh, from Madison? I left uh, Madison in '72 and moved to Boston huh. to go to music school. You know, I had been seeing those ads in uh, the music magazines okay. for, for Downbeat. Okay, uh, not for Downbeat, but in Downbeat. Okay, uh, for Berkeley. Sure. You know, and Quincy Jones, you remember those ads with Quincy Jones? I I remember. You know, that. and uh, that was enough for me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah uh, you know, uh, 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 because I love Count Basie as a younger guy. Okay. <laughs> you know, so okay. I saw Quincy Jones there, and I said, okay. Uh, and uh, he was their prop for the ad for Berkeley College of Music. Back in the uh, late fifties, early sixties. When
0: did the when did
1: the music
0: hit you? Very early on. As we know, the music. Yeah. When did you say I'm free? Yeah.
1: Well, in this music, the yeah. music of jazz.
0: I don't want the whole history. I want I want to know when Because when, I
1: started you heard, I start with the history of jazz basically. I
0: do too. It, I do too. It, I started start with it. I start with African yeah. I started with gospel. I started way it. back. But yeah. I there was a certain point when I heard my Earth mother. And I and I know I know exactly what happened. I know exactly what happened. And I realized I'm free. I'm yeah. free. I there's this and all of a sudden I went like that, and then I realized something else is going on. Did that happen to you, or how? Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: this brings me to Coltrane, basically the John Coltrane, Uh, because I had been, um, you know, loving all kinds of jazz and black music, Um, and I was an avid reader of Downbeat and of any uh, book I could get my hands on that he he talked about, you know, it was a biography or the history of the music or whatever, you know, I I wanted to know that information, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, um, so I'd been reading about Coltrane a lot in Downbeat, and I was maybe a little familiar with some of his earlier work, you know, but now he had become very controversial by the mid-1960s. And... um, uh, so why was he controversial? Well, the music he was playing. Because a lot of people have yeah. at this, my Yeah, why no, he well, he was, was controversial because he was playing with total abandonment of all of the usual... Uh, uh, one, one's idea of, of what music is, in fact, or jazz uh, particularly, you know, but music in general. He threw it all to the wind, kind of, and he was making another statement. He was making a statement beyond the statements that anybody else was making at the time, basically, uh, which I didn't really come to understand until I, I heard him play. Uh, he uh, the quartet came to Madison and played at the University of Wisconsin uh, in a small theater, intimate little theater in the uh, student union, the old student union and um, they were playing the music they were playing the music it was John Coltrane with Rashid Ali ah. and Alice Coltrane ah. and Jimmy Garrison and Pharaoh Saunders was there also you know kind of sitting in and, and that was just turned you a while so did yes that, <laughs> yeah. that was that was a game changer as they yeah. say right. you know right. that, that was uh, and most of the audience left by the way
0: now to that to that um, to that statement, I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. And I want to see what how you feel about this question. Take it any way you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and my question is this. Why is it uh, that a wider audience cannot identify with the music coming out of this particular branch of the tree that we are on, mm-hmm. which is post, to me, post Cecil Taylor, Sunrock and Coltrane why is it that this wider audience because you were obviously in, in with people they didn't just bring them there you know at a yeah. university you right. know exactly. I mean, it wasn't like five people in the audience These were, this so, was the
1: intellectual uh, as I've you know, said yeah. before the, the cream of the crap of the intellectual uh, uh, community at the, from the university yeah. you know and they couldn't get with it They got. they were angry Because they wanted to hear, they wanted to hear, you know, and they wanted, uh, uh, and this, they didn't understand it, even though, you know, this is uh, why didn't they understand? um, I mean, people, people get very set in 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 their ways of of what of the way things are supposed to be according to them. You know, and, and oh, I love it <laughs> well, yeah. And so now Madison is not necessarily different than any other place, but it is different, and it's north of Chicago. And there's a very strong blues uh, um, affinity in Madison. People in Madison are crazy about the blues, Chicago blues, you know. And if you go there <laughs> and you're playing some blues. They, they might come and tell you, you're not playing the blues, <laughs> you know, because according to them, and to it, it's not the blues, you know, even though it, I it. It, it, it might be, you know. Or somebody will come and say, that's not jazz. Okay. And that's what they were saying that night when John Coltrane came. They said, that's not jazz. Wow. And they left. And that... If they would have said it in the way that I just said it, that would they would have been you know, been being kind. But many people were not kind on the way out the door. And you just really think that the basic reason why they're not kind
0: is because they just are set in their ways? Do you believe that that has to do with it as the main thing? Well, you know, we, we, to have to,
1: we have to think of the times also that we're in back then, in the 60s, they still say the same thing now. About this, about the music, about the about same Yeah, yeah. About well, here's the other thing. My opinion, so th- <laughs> this is 1966 yeah, yeah, I that I'm talking about. I but that. in 1964, when I bought an album on sale, uh, Max Roach uh, plus one, Max Roach four plus one, I think. Uh, and I was playing that, and some older folks heard me playing it, and they... They looked at me and they said, You like that music? (laughs) You know, and this was music that conceptually was already 20 years old in 1964, you know, and and yet they couldn't get with it. So now here we are today playing a music that is conceptually, what, 25? No, I mean 50 years old. Thank you. 50 years old, conceptually. And and people are still having a very hard time with it. Uh, I had a wonderful concert recently with uh, our friend William Parker. It was his band. It was Daniel Carter, uh, Cooper Moore playing piano, and Steve Swelt playing trombone. And we did a concert up in Newburgh. And um, it was very successful. And We had a, a broad range of people there. Why? They loved it.
0: They, Why was it
1: successful? Well, uh, you know, uh, not separate so, so from the we, fact we, that you we, we somehow reached you. them. We somehow reached them. They had also got been prepared a little bit by Ben Young, who spoke first, and he kind of prepped the audience a little bit, you know, and opened them up. Made you know, made people relax, I think, a little bit, to be um, open to new. Uh, things you know to uh, you know come w- with an open mind, basically, and right, uh, right. Uh, they were able to do that. Uh, we all, the musicians, all we we all, the group, we all have credentials, you know. We, we're not kids. We're, Wait, we're when be, sitting at this table. <laughs> yeah, we, we have credentials, and we've been around for a long time. You know, right. and it's not like we don't know what we're doing. Right. You know, so. I think we do what we do very well. Right. We all do, okay. by this point in time. Right. You know, we've been working on it for a long time. And, and people understand that. Just like with Coltrane. When I heard Coltrane play, I, I didn't know what he was doing.
0: I like that. It was
1: difficult, yeah. what, what he was doing. I When people left, I moved right down front. Right. And I soaked it in. But it was brutal. You know, it was like almost like getting beat up by the music. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. It was. Really? It was, it was uh, it, it, he was making a heavy statement. Up next
0: will be my interview with Mark Hennett, pianist, composer, and band leader. All right, so, Mark, my first question, as I said before. You're a master musician, and there are many other master musicians on their instruments as well. Now, how does it make you feel that musicians that are not as good or as masterful are hailed as great in other genres of music?
2: Well, I don't know that it's something I've dwelt on, but... um they, the, uh, you know, they, they have their own genre, and uh, there's a different, uh, you know, it's different for them, whatever, whatever they, whatever they're doing, their their standards are theirs, and uh, I think that they, a lot of times other genres get get more uh, airplay and more uh, respect and whatever, just. The mere fact that they maybe do a better job of marketing. Hmm. That's, that's my thought Hmm.
0: Better thought of marketing. Okay. I can I, oh, I I understand that. Um, what are you trying to achieve musically and personally with your music when you sit down to play?
2: I'm always looking for the, the change, the, for something new to happen, and to explore the, uh, the, the sound and the rhythm that, that can be created in this infinite
0: sea of uh, music. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at that both for yourself and for the music itself, or how is that for you? I mean and how do you perceive it Well yeah, I mean I sure it's it,
2: it's uh, it's about the music. But it it, it also it it uh, informs me and it, it uh, keeps keeps my my spirit up and keeps so
0: it's a little bit of both I guess. I hear you. I hear you. yeah. Um, why do you think that what we've done deserves respect and recognition.
2: Well, it's a it's a very valid art form. It's it really it uh, speaks for an entire generation of people. Hello. It's uh, something that uh, if you if you give it a chance, you will you will most definitely learn from and. and uh, be inspired by. It. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that definitely is. That definitely is it. That is it. Now I'm going to ask you like a few different people. I got these cards here, and if I say their name, you tell me, you tell me how you feel um, something musically yeah, they contribute, and how how you perceive their music, basically. Um, so, I'll just give you a name person and you're just going to buy us, rather. Okay. Do you know Club Lawrence? No, I don't. I don't know Club Lawrence. All right, but I do know you know Louis Bellaginis. Sure. Tell me something about his music, or or way you've received his contribution to his music.
2: Well, Louis is. Uh very inspirational musician and he's, he's got a wonderful uh, tone and very, very, uh, he's a great craftsman and, and has really worked on tones and skills. Uh, and he's got a lot, of, uh, lot to offer, a lot of different uh, tonality and
0: color and sound. Wow. So, he's uh-huh. a great, great player. He's how long have you played
2: mm-hmm. with him? Uh, uh, do you remember? Like when you first ran into him? Gee, William, I, I think I performed with him first in a group with you, but I, I don't wow. remember. I don't remember exactly uh-huh. which which uh, performance that was, yeah, but yeah, that's wow. my recollection.
0: Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, should try another one. Elevescule. Sorry. You don't know Eloy. I know, know knows work. Um Matt Chip. Oh, I enjoy
2: Matthew's music very much. He's uh, he's a strong player and he's played with a lot of great people. He has a uh, he has a very interesting uh, style, that's unique and mm-hmm. he can uh, really bring out a lot of different uh, uh, tonality and color and, and uh, he's got a, a great, you know, rhythmic sense of I uh, enjoy his compositions as well.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, how, well, how would you, yeah, yeah, that's great, <clears throat> great, great. How would you say his composition is different from the ones that you, that you have written yourself? Well, um, it's, it's, it's his,
2: He's doing his own thing. It, it, it's uh, I, I think both of us probably composed from the piano, and, and, hmm. and there's a, so there's. But we both we have different styles, and so that that I think is probably what, what makes the difference right there. Mm-hmm. The, the different style of, of piano playing that we both, we both do. It's within the same genre, yeah, but definitely different styles.
0: Um, let's try. I have down here Jerry
2: Hemingway. I don't know Jerry that well. I've I've, I've seen him perform uh, a few times, and I, I enjoyed his uh, his playing. Uh, I never have, I haven't performed with him or anything, but I do enjoy uh, hearing his his uh, his playing. He's he's very. Uh, very much, uh, you know, full of rhythm. He's, okay. he's got a lot, got a lot of rhythm. I got you. Masihiko
0: Kono,
2: uh, strong player. I haven't heard him in a few years, but I remember okay. him. I, he was performing. John he, he would, yeah. Masihiko, Masi he he can uh, he can really he can really make a statement. He can set up a solo and and, and uh, beautiful. And do a, do a great job. Yeah,
0: I hear you. making a mistake. Because you've known him for a long time, I would think. Yes, I have. first ran it to him. Sure. Right, and you and I both have, like, I guess, you know, we run into him every once so often that we don't see him for, like, years. Yeah. And then he, and then he emerges again, you know, and uh, that's what I find interesting about many of the players that we know. Mm-hmm. We don't see them for a long time, long periods of time. And they reemerge. And they reemerge. Sure. After, yeah. And they show us, for me, Mark, they show me that they, they survived. Mm-hmm. You know. Sure. All right, so dealing with survival, in terms of the way you feel about survival and playing this music, um, tell us a little bit about what you had to do to survive, and to keep this wonderful, beautiful place you have, because you have know, well, that's a whole long
2: story there. But well, I, I when I first came a little bit. when I came to New York, uh, I really didn't have too many uh, skills that I could sell. And I I learned how to tune pianos, and then eventually repairing and regulation, and, and I've done that for for forty years now. Uh-huh. And along the way, we we uh, came up with this law. So this goes back to nineteen seventy seven where we're sitting right now. Uh-huh. And uh, I had two partners. One of them was Jamil Moondock. Wow. And Sam LaBelle. We had a little piano shop up here. We did uh, performances and bought and sold pianos
0: and did piano servicing. And you all lived in, in this space?
2: No, we didn't live together. I, okay. I actually had a, a, a floor below where I had my living space, but eventually we couldn't afford... All in both spaces, and uh, so I lived here alone. And then we had the piano shop and the performance space, and uh, eventually uh, it, it's, uh, it's been more of a living space. Okay, uh, still doing concerts here, and, uh, uh, a lot of music happens here. Now, I know Jamil, but who's the
0: other individual? Sam
2: Lobel, he played. Uh, he plays the Reeds, he played in Cecil Taylor's ensemble. I met him back in Madison, Wisconsin. Is he still alive? Yes he is. Wow, is he still in New York City? No, he's in Boston. He's maybe, in we'll, Boston? maybe we can get an interview with him too. That'd be great. That'd sure. Be great. Yeah. He's got a yeah. lot to say.
0: So what would you say about what would you say in terms of like I know you've done a lot of work with Janille, I know that. Um, what would you say about Janille and his approach to
2: music? Well, he's, he's got uh, a a unique sound, and he's uh, he's got kind of a, an angular kind of a, a, a way of, of uh, playing music. I enjoy very much playing with him because mm-hmm. he a lot of room for the piano to work and mm-hmm. for us to work together. And uh, uh, well, anyway, he's one of the one of the great players. And he, He's, he's got uh, some very strong uh, um, compositional skills. And wow! he does, does a great job. Wow! All right,
0: and yeah, 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 I would agree. I would. I would agree. Yeah. I really, when he takes it to another, takes it definitely yeah. to another place. You know Ray Anderson? Yeah, I, I know think. a little, little bit. I'm not, I yeah. don't know him personally. I know. Do you play him? You played uh, No, I don't think we ever played together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <coughs> I'm trying to think of. Uh, I've got down here Butch Morris.
2: Well, we're all going to miss Butch. Uh-huh. He was uh, a very talented man with all kinds of. Uh, uh, he had a lot, a lot of different projects and, and uh, talents and skills, and he had uh, that the. Uh, uh, what did they call that? The conduction. 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 Yet, did, you a, did you play with him? Did you play with him? He was a trouble player. No, no, sure. I had not played with him. Huh. But, uh, of course we know. Good music. It's a good song. Uh huh. Yeah. How long, how long did you do music with him? I, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't, yeah, but you did it. You? Oh, OK. All right.
0: Um, do, you know this, uh, do you know Bruce Eisenbeil? I'm just sitting there. Yeah. The guitarist?
2: Yeah. I don't know. I think I met him through you. Oh,
0: yeah. oh, I don't know if that's one I can work with. I hear you. I hear you. Um. The other individual I was really thinking of, um, I've got a number of people. Um, I've got some people I don't know if you ever know. Do you know Michael Marcus? No. You know, Michael. Um, no. Mario Pavone? You know him? No. He's a Connecticut person who comes in twice. Um, Zane Massey? No. You no, know no. Okay, I'm going to hit you with the hard ones, and I want you to tell me something about the music, this individual's music, because that obviously is important to both of us. Um, Rashid Bakar. Oh yeah.
2: Okay. Well, Rashid and I go way back. We go back to the time when I just started in this loft and, and before. Okay. I think we. We did that recording uh, in 1976, uh, Ensemble 1-2, first feeding, and uh, Rashid was in that band, but that band, you know, he, we had done some performances before we did the recording as well. And I remember we, we performed at Damrosch Park at Lincoln Center, and that was probably 75 or 76. Really? Yeah. Just, you it could just... have been even earlier. How
0: did you do that? Because we, been... we
2: booked it. We brought my little piano. I have. I brought this piano from Wisconsin. Yeah. And uh, we, we, I don't know. If I, we may have even brought it down the stairs in order to be able to do the gig. But we we got it uh, to Lincoln Center, and uh, we had a performance right there on, on the Dammerer Park it's stage. of the show. Yeah. Okay. So Rashid and I go way back, and he has a he has a great um, sound and. He's unique, of course, and, and he's now Charles Downs. That's so, his, um, yeah. his other... So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you played with him
2: recently? No, I haven't. I, I've been in contact. He had a, he's, He had an accident with a cab, and so he was in rehab, uh, rehabilitating his arm, I think, was I his injury. So, um, but he's coming back, as far as I know.
0: I'm not happy. Yeah. To oh, yeah. and hopefully we'll get his number and uh, we'll both um, have the opportunity to talk to him mm-hmm. right. um, yeah. Mark, it's always, uh, it's always a pleasure to be around you You're, You're like a great me. spirit, Mark You're a great spirit We've been to some stuff together mm-hmm. and
2: I appreciate it. Thank you Thank you um, it's My pleasure
0: Thank you for tuning in. In months ahead, you will have the opportunity to hear from many more Lost Generation artists and supporters. The audio-only version is available wherever you get your podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to hear upcoming episodes.